crucial. Mm-hmm. But you didn't know that before the call. Because your habits create your character, and your character determines your destiny. As we learned from our mutual mentor, you know what I'm saying? Like, success will take you there, but your character, your gifts and talents will take you there, but your character will keep you there. But it all starts right here inside the mind, so we got to have a strong belief system. Because I remember when you used in school, you would see the little posters that say, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Mm. Bro, that's facts. That was a bar. We thought it was corny. We thought it was cliche, but that's real. That's real. So when I began to believe I could do these type of numbers, when I began to believe I could travel the world, bro, my wife looking for homes down in South Africa. I was like, boo, come on, boo. She's like, oh, you don't believe? I was like, I had to check myself like, bro, don't be a hypocrite. Like, do you believe? People got to believe. And so to everybody that's watched us, everybody that's listening right now, like, I need you to believe in that power, that purpose, that potential, that society. You God has an amazing plan for your life if you believe. What do I look like trying to, trying to determine where my life's going to go. I ain't that smart. I ain't that talented. People talk about a five to 10-year plan. That makes sense, and it sounds good, but for me, I'm not even smart enough to figure out what I'm going to do with my life, right? That's why I wake up at 5 a.m. and I seek the face of God, like, what you want me to do? What you think is the best play? And then I run that play. Like, that's how people can go to the next level. So it starts with a belief system, and then you got to put that work in every single day because my brother Brian not here no more. And if he was here, he'd be putting that work in. So I felt what I look like feeling tired, what I look like feeling lazy, what I look like talking about what's not comfortable to me. Comfort don't pay bills. You know what I'm saying? So we got to be willing to put that work in every single day. So let's go get in. Let's be great. Listen, can't close it on no better than that, man. Do me a favor. Make sure you follow Jeremy Anderson. Okay. Shoot him in Jason's friend. I'm I'm Jay White's friend that uh, that just drinks and smokes and hangs out. Talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me. Man, do today what others want to have what tomorrow others can't. You have to put in that work today, right, to have that delayed gratification. Now, I never understood that when people was talking to me about it in 2008. But I put in work 30, 60, 90 days, and I reaped the benefits later on. And now I am where I'm at today. So put the work in today, reap the benefits tomorrow. Can't close it out no better than that, man. <laughs> Do me a favor, man. Go get you some social proof. But I need you to follow my boy, my boy Jay White, all right? Um, and I need to see you in the community. But go get you some social proof. I need you to go build something. Put your time, energy, sweat, blood, tears into something. Build something, okay? Use your head. You can go do it. Build something. But then I need you to come back and teach your community how you did what you did, just like Jay White. All right? We are out of here. Peace. And they feel like they don't have time for that. So yeah. how did how did that happen? Well, she was always there. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing, right? Oh, so y'all been together yeah, for a minute. Yeah. 20 plus, we've been rocking. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's always been there. Right. But you got to remember, too, I'm not physically going anywhere to do anything. I'm, I'm sitting here in the kitchen table on the computer, right? And I'm giving myself two, three hours to knock some stuff out, and then I got the rest of the day to do whatever. I've always kept that sense of I don't want to just be 24-7 hustling, mm. right? I've always kept that mentality. I'm a, I'm a hustle, but when I'm hustling, I'm giving it 2,000%. But when I cut it off, now I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm Jay White, first thing love. I'm, I'm out here. You really work three, four hours a day? Maybe like five. 
What does a normal day look like for you in terms of business, in terms of work? Uh, reviewing invoices, reviewing proposals. But now I'm on the I'm on the teaching side. So now I'm just following up with some of my students. They might have some issues or mm. some questions or whatever the case may be, looking towards the next thing. I got real estate deals too. So right. uh I, like I said, I just like to knock out everything within three to four hours. Five tops. After that, man, I got to chill. Mm. That is a lifestyle right there. But bro. why work hard if throughout the day you can work all day? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we make good money and we do certain things in the beginning. So on the back half, now we can kind of autopilot and coast it. I, mm. I ain't nobody still trying to work eight hours a day, nine hours yeah. a day. I might well get a job for real. In the beginning, it probably you probably spent more time, right? Because I was learning. Yeah, you didn't I know. I don't got it down yeah. pat. Like, like you said, I don't know. I think I should be looking at this this long. I yeah. think I should wake up early and not go to sleep. Like I'm right, thinking, right. this is how I need to operate, right? But once I got to a certain point, I'm like, man, I'm going to bed, man. Well, I'm right. good. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, for me, it took marriage for that because. Uh, it, when it, it just left to my own devices, I'm going to work all day, every mm. day, because one, it's what I'm so accustomed to doing. Okay. Like, you spend years just grinding and working. Like, when you're not working, something's wrong. That's how I feel. But it took me getting married to say, okay, I need to try to wrap up by 5 o'clock, get home by 6. Mm. And what I realized is, when I had less time to be productive, I was more productive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of like, because some people, they're going to quit their job and they're like, yo, I'm going to grind all day. Yeah. But if you got, if you can build something in those windows of time. And, con- and concentrate it. Concentrate. And then you super, super heavy because everything you're doing in that time is intentional. You're not wasting a second because mm-hmm. you got a hard stop or a cutoff time, right? So, your three hours, your four hours, or your five to six o'clock, you're going to go hard because you know you got a stopping point. Yeah. Are you every still, second count. Are you still actively, like, getting contracts, going for contracts? Yeah, man. We won uh, two this month. So, so so far already, I won six this year. Really? Yeah. But they were sole source. I didn't have to bid. They called me. They said, hey, mm. can you purchase this product for us? When, like, they start, yeah. when did they start... When did they start calling you? Mm, probably like 2017. That was real pivotal. Gotcha. Around 2017, yeah. Oh, so then you didn't really have to apply for no contracts. Right. Just- I don't got to bid no more. Now if I bid, it's just to, you know, stay current. So when I'm teaching people, I, I got real-time estimation. Yeah. I like the fact that you're still actively in the game. Because yeah. most people, they'll, they're not in the game anymore. Right. They're just teaching. But from the fact they, that... They're talking from yesteryear. Exactly. And that information ain't always up to date or valid. Because changes. Yeah, right? and it, it can't help me out today. So I, I speak a lot to the people that, you know, they got all these side hustles. They got all this stuff on the table, but they just like, you know what? I'm going to give this federal government contracting a try. Mm-hmm. And once they tap in, they're like, all right, I'm going to just do this now. Right, right, you know right. I mean? So it's a good feeling. Man. So the, the, you said six contracts this year. Yeah. Uh, or in two this month. Yeah. Tell me about the month. two. Because you said they were talking about ordering a product. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they wanted to order 150 iPads. It was something real light. That's all I understand. Why they just call Apple? <laughs> they lazy. That's what I be trying to tell people. The federal government lazy. They can do all this stuff themselves. However, they're mandated. That's this. I call them lazy, but they're mandated to give small businesses, minorities, women-owned, service-disabled veterans, they're mandated to give us a certain percentage of contracts are you, a year. Are you minority certified? A minority. A woman-owned, right? Is your wife 51%? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was you about to say, bro? What was you about to say something? Documentation got to read well, right? Documentation has to read well. So, 51% woman-owned, small business, minority, veteran-owned. I was in the Coast Guard for uh, 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. Did you do that certification yourself? Because, bro, I've... It's terrible, ain't it? Terrible. It's terrible. Yes, I did it myself. But I'm good on the phone. I'm telling you, like, I'm... I need somebody to just do it for me, bro. I'm amazing on the phone. So, I had a lady on the phone... The whole time I was filling the thing out, the whole time, because I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. I'm frustrated. I'm, I can't figure it out. I'm like going in on her. She like, calm down. I'ma help you. I said, Are you gonna help me for the duration? Like right, I right, need right. you. <laughs> and she helped me. She helped me out. Do you, do you give resources like in like for your students on how to get that certification? Yeah, you. I have to, man, because. All right, here's the first thing. I teach my students certifications don't win you contracts. Mm. I mean, that's just a fact. They don't win you contracts. However, comma, they do help you get into a smaller room to bid against less competition. Mm. It's being used. It's not private. Mm. So when the Snowden thing happened and... I, and a number of people started chiming up and being like, oh my gosh, look what the government's doing and they're spying on us. We are not spying on you. I'm, you know, the, if the CIA, first of all, cannot spy on an American. They have to have permission to touch anything American related, like U.S. SIT related. The FBI can, that's their purview, right? Like they are responsible if the FBI is watching you, you're probably doing something wrong. If you're doing something wrong and you're worried about your privacy, you should probably stop doing something wrong. Mm, <laughs> like, right. if you're selling drugs and you're worried that your privacy is being invaded, you should probably stop selling drugs. Like, mm-hmm. you're doing something wrong. Um, yeah, so that's and and the CIA is not looking at you, I promise you, unless you are an undercover like Chinese intelligence officer, nobody's looking at your stuff. Nobody's listening to your phone calls, I promise. Right. Well, wasn't his his overall reasoning for doing this was because of the so-called Patriot Act that was enacted after 9/11 was used and it was actually proven that they were taking transcripts and actually recording and li- and actively listening into like millions of Americans phone calls whether they had any sort of uh, any sort of reason to do it or not right so think about like 
the easiest way to gather data, right? So like you have you have a giant bowl of M&Ms here, right? And I need to get like the green M&M that's in the middle. Like that's the one I'm interested in, is that green right. M&M in the middle, right? I'm not going to like be able to dig through and find that little green M&M. The fastest way for me to do it is to scoop up your entire bowl of M&Ms and then sift it through a filter, a software program, right? Sift it through until my filter, my software program, pops up that green M&M that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the most efficient way to do it, is to do giant grabs. I'm not really looking for the red M&M or the yellow M&M. I don't care about the brown M&M. Like, none of that really matters to me. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for this one thing, and the best way for me to get it is to just do a grab all, and sift through it. Like, I'm not actually listening. Like, nobody's listening to all those conversations. Think about, like, millions of conversations. There are not people out there just listening to conversations. That's not, you know, lit like like I said before, right? It's How does an it work office with cubicles. <laughs> like, like, office workers. Is it, you know. is it some sort of, like, AI that's basically, like, scanning all of these phone calls and text messages looking for keywords? Or what is it? So I, so I, I couldn't talk about it even if I knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that, you know, the analysis is done by analysts, human beings, right? Okay. So data, data collection is done the way any company would do data collection, right? I mean, it's just a different a different style but like google collects your data like apple collects your data tons of people collect your data it's all done the same way right it's all pulling tons of data in the end it's a person me or somebody else that's going through that individually you know eight and a half hours every weekday looking for connections looking for information you know, there's, there's not time, like we are very focused, right? Like we know who we want and we know how to get there. We are not just idly listening. You know, it's not like when you flip through YouTube and you're just idly watching people. It's not that like well, we have a job. Isn't it also true that we haven't caught any terrorists through the Patriot Act by, by tapping people's phone calls? Hmm. I do not know the answer to that question. Okay. And and I will say that... Aiden, maybe you could Google it. Maybe find some uh, fake article. <laughs> <laughs> some fake Russian article. Well, I will say that I'm not... I'm not a... Uh, terrorists caught through the Patriot Act or tapping American phone calls, something like that. Yeah, and I will say that I'm not... I'm not saying that something shouldn't have been done about the Patriot Act, right? Mm -hmm. The Patriot Act was something that came out of 9-11 mm -hmm. for a specific purpose. And I think things like that oftentimes, right, because it was broad. So because it was broad and already in use, it's easier to just kind of keep it there. Yeah. So I'm not saying that shouldn't have been reviewed. Because I think that, you know, a policy, particularly if a policy comes out of like a time of war, 
that needs to be reviewed, right? Like, is it still meeting the purpose? Can we narrow it, right? So that's why I say, you know, I support whistleblowing, right? I support reviewing things that are already in practice because, you know, maybe something that was okay the first three years after 9-11, you know, isn't okay 10 years down the road. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's unnecessary. Maybe it's reaching too far. Maybe you do a review and you find out that it's not serving its purpose. You're not actually catching terrorists, right? I mean, the information, even if it wasn't carrying, you know, capturing terrorists, probably was good for other forms of intelligence that nobody's talking about because Mm. nobody cares. Um, doesn't have as much of a like impact when you talk about other forms of intelligence. Right. But yeah. I guess I mean the the hard part to to deal with is the fact that they use something like nine eleven and the the clever marketing of calling it the quote Patriot Act. Damn, nigga, fuck you, nigga. Think y'all gonna scare me and tell me about what y'all gonna do to me? you rape my mama. That's been fuck you, Muslim, nigga. You nigga been pedophile for the longest. You nigga been pedophile as long as your religion been in existence, nigga. You nigga been fucking babies and boys and goats and 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 queers as long as Islam been in religion, bitch. I, I used to be one of you niggas, and I and I refused to stop eating pork. So I said, "Fuck you, niggas." Cause I, listen, I sold barbecue four years ago, and the Muslim niggas used to come through, playing like they can taste pork. So one day, I cut the motherfucking chopped beef with pulled pork and served it to Muslim niggas, unbeknownst to them. They didn't know they was eating pork. They were chewing that motherfucking pork. Them motherfucking Muslim can't tell when they taste the motherfucking pork. So I sold them nigga pork for all summer long. Yeah, nigga, now sue me. Yeah, I sold pork till I cut the chopped beef with pulled pork all summer long and not one goddamn Muslim could tell the difference. Because all them bitches is sneaking and eating pork. Or if they ain't eating pork, they suck pussy so they taste buds is thrown off to the pork. Yeah, them there. I, I feel good sneaking and selling them niggas $10 chopped beef sandwiches with that pulled pork cut up in it, nigga. Straight disrespecting you, nigga. Yeah, get mad about that, nigga. I did that five years ago. Bitch ass nigga. Yeah, go try to skirt me on the internet. All you niggas trying to skirt me on the internet. Catch a plane, nigga, and show up in person and make everybody in the city say, say, them niggas out of New York City looking for you, nigga. Say, it's the niggas out of California asking about you. Do that, nigga, bad motherfucker. Make Farrakhan have a million man march down here. He ain't done nothing in a while, no way, for he getting too old anyway. Yeah, he getting too old. And Facebook don't want to hear the motherfucker. Y'all don't know what to do. You can't listen to him. Yeah, we sick of that old nigga anyway. We want to hear from NBA young boy. Don't nobody want to hear shit from Farrakhan. We want to hear from Fujiano. We don't want to hear shit from no goddamn Muslim, nigga. You nigga can't rap. 
<laughs> you niggas stick to providing security at the funerals and, and shaking down rappers. But don't nobody want to hear shit no nigga talking about dumping no Quran. Nigga, we want to hear from Lil Baby. We don't want to hear from you bitch ass Muslim niggas. So shut up, Farrakhan. Don't go inside and talk. Don't come out here and talk. It's a new day, Farrakhan. And don't nobody want to hear no shit about no spaceship go come rescue all us niggas. If a spaceship come right now, I ain't getting on no motherfucking spaceship with no Muslim niggas. I don't trust no Muslim. Mother didn't trust you niggas. I don't trust no nigga that don't eat bacon. And all our life, we was trained and brought up to eat bacon. Any nigga don't eat bacon and suck pussy is an oxymoron to me. Period point blank. I nigga gonna give up bacon instead of putting his motherfucking head between the whole leg and suck up pussy. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. And all you niggas do it. All you Muslim niggas do it. Go quit the pole and suck the pussy. You stupid. You dumb. You ignorant. Fuck you. And fuck your religion, nigga. Yeah, nigga, it's funny to me. It's funny to me. <laughs> yeah, and I don't believe none of you niggas is bad enough to come do nothing to me and let the world see that y'all pussies to the white boy. Y'all didn't do nothing for Tamir Rice. Y'all didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. You bitch-ass niggas, Muslim niggas, didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. Y'all didn't do nothing for Eric Garner. Y'all let the white boy choke the big old nigga out. The big old nigga got his hands up. He's supposed to have been throwing elbows. Get off me, nigga. Bigger than he was, he let the little bitty white boy jump on his back. Them ain't the kind of nigga we are down here. Them ain't the kind of nigga we are. We ain't just laying now. George Floyd is in Indianapolis. He just laid there and let the nigga put his knee on his neck. Nigga, fishes flop out of water. You ever seen a fish when you get him in the boat? He flopping like a motherfucker. He want to get back in the water. Fuck, that nigga didn't want to live. Don't fiend that nigga. That's a dope fiend, ain't it? The nigga died with fentanyl in the system. And the best thing could have happened to him is for him to die. The nigga left his daughter 20 million. That nigga could have lived to be 100 years old. He wouldn't have been able to leave his daughter 20 million. He couldn't have never been able to leave his pretty little daughter 20 million. They done that baby a favor. He wasn't shit. The nigga was in and out of jail. The nigga kicked in a door, boom. That nigga kicked in a motherfucking door. And put a gun to a black woman's belly while she was pregnant, robbing them. How you know that ain't his fate? He wasn't trying to redeem that. He went to making porn with white bitches. The nigga was a porn star. What's like this? So, let me tell you something, Stack Five. Basketball playing ass nigga. Big old tall nigga. Fuck your brother, nigga. And fuck you too, nigga. Say, listen, if he was your brother or he was your nigga, 
What in the fuck that nigga was doing downtown in Indianapolis with a fake $20 bill? You must have loved that nigga that much. Nigga, I got some people I can go get $20 for, nigga. And I ain't got to go try to pass no $20 bill with no dope fiend nigga and no dope fiend bitch. That or started the process or whatever. Now's the best time in the world to go in and make a deal and patch things back up at the bank, okay? All right, now's the and, time. All right. Uh, the um, what was I going to say? That, that well, the three one of the properties might be going. Let's say, what happens if it, if it goes through a foreclosure? What should I do from there? You know, then you got to try to fight the foreclosure, and she ain't gonna have much of a leg to stand on because all this happened before the COVID. Listen, right. whatever the case, the point is this: you're gonna get a lot further trying to play with the bank than fight with the bank. All right, now's the time. Now's the perfect time to go in there and make a deal. There could be some kind of assistance available for her. The bank might be able to give her a sweetheart deal and refinance it if there's equity in the house. Uh, they might require you to put some money up. Whatever, you gotta go in and make a deal. It's not, nothing's gonna, nothing good's gonna happen let him sit there if you want. I don't care. Let him sit there if you want. Anyway, the <laughs> point is we got a two-year-old here. Uh, the right. point is you got to get in there and make a deal. And, you know, when you have a problem, you have to fix it. All right? That's, that's, that's all there is to it. You need to get a hold of both of those banks and saying, okay, you know, my aunt's elderly. I'm here to try to work with you. You know, bring her with you or get her permission. Whatever it is, get in there and find out what's the best deal the bank is willing to make her right now. All right? Now, do it. Don't waste oh, no time. It's a perfect Those time. Those three properties are worth for a, about $3 million. Holy shit. How much does she owe? <laughs> How much does she owe? She owes about almost close to whatever the value is because she took money out of the house. So is there any equity in it? How much does she owe? Does she owe three million? Mm, maybe like two and a half. Well, what you do with maybe. all the damn money? Where'd all the money go? Um, I don't know. You don't know. I wish you told me. You don't know where two and a half million bucks went. <laughs> anyway, listen. You know, it's your, it's your aunt. It's my grandmother. Your grandmother. All right. You got to step in and take control. This, it is what it is. Listen, you know, you, you go to the bank and say, listen, I, I want to hear help my grandmother. You know, she went through rough times, whatever. I don't know. But you don't even have to explain. Just say, what's the best deal you guys can make us? Let's cut to the bullshit. What's the best deal? How old is your grandmother? 68. All right. Tell him, listen, my grandmother's almost 70 years old. Yeah, I'm here to help you guys and help her. Is what, what can we do? What's the best deal you can put on the table to clean up this situation? All right? That's where you got to, excuse me, that's where you got to start. All right? The, the issue, too, is nobody's paying the rent, too. Well, who's living there? The whole family? Who's living in the house? Oh, uh, whole families. Yeah, like three. Well, well, the one is like a 
three family, no, all three are three family ones. Listen, right now, there's plenty of assistance available for anybody to go get help with their rent. So all three of those houses, whoever they are, should be going and getting some help and pay her some rent money for living there. She needs to go cut a deal with the bank and get it because otherwise you're going to lose that half a million dollars worth of equity. All right? Right, right. You got to mm-hmm. go cut a deal with the bank, and everybody that's living in the damn house has to start paying rent. All right? You got to clean up the mess. It's a mess. And you got to step in and clean it up. It's worth 500 grand for you to go in there and clean up grandma's mess. Could be worse. It's a big mess. <laughs> it could be worse. You could be in diapers. Then you really be cleaning up two messes. All right, get in there and yeah. clean the mess up. All right? You can do it. You're a smart guy. Get in there, get on the phone with the banks, make a deal, tell everybody living in the house. Are you living in one of those houses? Tell the truth, don't lie. No, no, no. Okay, listen, tell everybody in the house, listen, you got to pay rent, all right? If you don't pay rent, then you got to go and I got to find somebody to pay rent. You're going to lose the freaking houses. Grandma's going to lose the houses if you don't pay rent. She's got to pay the bank. The bank's going to take the house, and then she's going to, oh, God forbid, she passes away, and we get nothing. So anyway, clean up the mess, all right? Get in there and do it. You can do it. All right? Thank you, thank you. All right, thank good luck you. to you. you Take got care. It. Thanks. But also, also, Ben, let me tell you something. Where's your I never see your wife, Carla. Where's I Carla? Don't know. I don't know. She's busy. She, you know, my wife's going through a rough time right now. I don't want to get too personal, but, you know, she had to take I on see. two other children in her life to take care of, and, you know, she's really... A, great person for doing that. She's taking on two other kids that are, you know, family kids, but, you know, it's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, she's got her hands full. She's got, this kid's going here, this kid's got to go here, you know, she's going to, okay. you know, different places, daycare, got to go to sports, whatever, but she'll be around. Hey, at least she's oh. home every night. That's all I care about. As long as she's yeah. home every yeah. night, I'm happy, and she cooks <laughs> dinner every night, I'm good. Otherwise, thanks yeah, for asking, yeah. and uh, take care. Good Looks luck like to you. You need that dinner, Ben. I yeah. don't know what's happening with the gym. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right now, I'm so depressed, I can't even pay attention. But, uh, all right, well, good luck to you. Clean the mess up. Get Grandma straightened out and get that money. Will do, Ben. All right, good Thank luck. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Thanks. What else you got? Anything else? Yeah, Grandma's in trouble. Eight uh, years without away. paying? Crazy. Man, how much money she saved on eight years of two and a half million dollars, and the rate was probably six or seven, eight years ago, or six or five. Holy macaroni. But, hey, you can always work a deal out. You know, banks will make deals with you. They don't want the houses. By the time the banks get done with it, uh, 500000 over three houses, about 150000 each house worth of equity. By the time they foreclose on her, go through all the bullshit with the brokers, try to sell a house, go through the courts, it's not working for them. It's better for the bank to make a deal, it's better for her to make a deal. What do you got? Anything? Nothing. Yeah, David G., thanks for the $5. This. You're supposed to do Never came across this motherfucking video, nigga. Got me mad like this. You faggot motherfucking bitch. That's what you is, Charleston White. That's what the fuck you is, nigga. Okay? How many times I got to make videos about your bitch ass, nigga? How many times I got to check your bitch ass? I told you, motherfucker, to watch what the fuck you say, you dumb motherfucker. 
bitch ass nigga. I don't agree with no motherfucking nation of Islam. The reason why I don't agree with them because they don't believe the same thing that the regular Muslims believe. They are not Sunni, okay? They don't believe what we believe. They don't believe in life after death. They don't believe in judgment day, nigga. The Quran says clearly talks about judgment day and warns you of judgment day, motherfucker. All these books warn a judgment day, okay? Now you sitting here taking a risk talking about God and saying that he don't exist when you don't know what the fuck is out there in the motherfucking universe, you dumb motherfucker, okay? You ain't been on this motherfucking earth, nigga, no more than 40 or 50 years, you old Dolphine-looking motherfucker. Probably younger than me. I'm about to be 50 motherfucking years old, nigga. And your ass looks 65, motherfucker. Dolphine-ass motherfucker talking all that motherfucking shit. If I don't got nothing good to say about somebody, I'm not going to say nothing at all. If somebody come at me and they got a problem with your bitch ass, then I got to come back and check your dumb ass again. Until you listen to what the fuck people are saying about your stupid ass nigga. Remember when we was taught by niggas. What you think niggas used to do when they serve white folk? What you think niggas used to do when they served white people, homie, when they was in them kitchens by themselves? And them white folks sitting out there, you think them folks wasn't spitting in their drinks and they food and shit just to get back at them? So I don't trust them people, homie. I see how they treat us. So I'm going to be, you think I'm going to be comfortable to go in there and let them people cook behind there and not let me see it? And they so good, homie. They can duplicate anything. They can, they can, they can make a bootleg Gucci. They can make anything, nigga. They can make a human. They so smart and sharp. So if you think they can't make rat taste like chicken, if you think them people can't make rat taste like chicken, human meat tastes like pork. They have bought. Over 80% of America's beef and chicken processing plants. The fuck would they do that for? Why would America sell their beef and their chicken processing plants to China, homie? Them people take our food and send it back to their country and then send it back to us. Before you ask anybody for one thing, make sure you give 10. And be proactive. So many times people, oh, if you need me that, just let me know I'm coming. No, say, yo, I'm here. What you need me to do? Mm, I like that. And, and be intentional about your relationships. Every last thing you do should be intentional. You shouldn't leave your house unless it aligns with your goals. No matter who you're dealing with, it has to make sense. That's the only way you can trim the fat. I say I like I would rather throw away a hundred pennies to get four quarters. Surround yourself around quality people that's gonna help you get to your mission, who think like you, who move like you, who's gonna make sure they push you and motivate you. Cause sometimes who gonna motivate the motivator? Yeah. 
So you got to have those people that's going to be your cheerleaders. So when shit hit the fan, you got somebody that's going to support you. When your back is against the wall, you have people that's going to jump and defend you. And just go at it, man. Don't give up to get what you what you need and what you're looking for. You know, the day that you gave up could have been the day that you made it. I love it, man. Listen, you can't close out a podcast no more, no better than that. Listen, man, go follow my brother Spectacular, man. Do me a favor. Go get you some social proof, man. I want you to go build something, okay? Lock in. Be consistent. Be persistent. Focus on your relationships. This is one of those podcasts you probably need to just listen to for the whole month, okay? Just listen to it (laughs) because there's so many uh, gems being dropped. So go get you some social proof, okay? Go build something, and I want you to uh, come back to the community and teach them how you did it. We are out of here. Peace. What if I told you for $1, I will introduce you to hundreds of entrepreneurs every single morning this week? From all across the country, you'll be able to talk to hundreds of entrepreneurs and I'll coach you. I'll coach you for a dollar this whole week and I'll introduce you to some of my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you... Would you take part in that? Well, go to themorningmeetup.com because that's exactly what we're doing here, okay? The only organization that gathers entrepreneurs every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurship, okay? Every single day, Monday through Friday, we gather, we're growing, we're learning. We got a book club. Have you ever seen hundreds of entrepreneurs reading the same book? Every single chapter, every single day, we're growing together, okay? You need the environment to grow in. TheMorningMeetup.com, a dollar. I'm going to give you all this for a dollar. If you want to stay, great. It's $79 a month after that. If not, no obligation. You can leave whenever you want, all right? TheMorningMeetup.com, I'll see you in the morning. I ain't, I ain't got no leader. I come from some old niggas don't hurt nothing Farrakhan got to say. And I ain't never heard him say kill no white person, huh? Now, I don't promote killing in nobody. But, nigga, I done participated in some things. <laughs> I done participated in some things, nigga. And what I participated in and what we were doing to white people who we thought was our enemy based on what we heard the old niggas say, man... I don't hear Farrakhan or no other person talk like that. They ain't really mad at white folk. So I'm saying, oh, man, he talk good for them jailhouse niggas. They don't have no identity as no man. I don't speak Arabic. I don't know now slave that did. I told you I can trace my name back to the plantation. And I talked to people that were born in the 30s, in the 40s, right now today. And they say, no, nah, man, we don't want to hear nothing them niggas talking about with no Koran. So, you know, what changed for you? Like, because you say you was practicing. Yeah, yeah, I was Muslim. So, I didn't want to stop eating pork. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. a Muslim who never quit eating pork. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I snuck in 84 a while. And since I was the gang leader, I said, fuck it, yeah, nigga. I ate pork in front of them niggas. <laughs> uh, yeah, they came, they had a pizza party one time. And 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 them niggas had an all cheese pizza that was Muslim. And that motherfucking pepperoni and sausage. XA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go get it, right? Or, man, I got we got this project, you know, this looks great. What do you think about it?
or, hey, Speck, um, this was wrong and this was wrong. I don't know what to do next. What do you think we should do next? So all of that goes out the window. It's, no, this is what I tried. I tried this, this, and this, and this works now. Just letting you know. Or I tried this, this, and this, and it, I'm stuck now. I'm you're stuck. more satisfied because we went through some innovations of trying to figure this thing out. Right. I'm stuck, and this is the solution I'm thinking of. If you come to me with a problem, you should be coming with, to me with a solution. Don't come to me with a, any problem without a solution. Golly, this is heavy. And I just realized that I haven't been focused on speed, me personally. So speed I have this course, everything. and I shot the course. It's pretty much done. It's just, you know, it, not, it, it's done now, and uh, we're, we're getting ready to release it. But it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's supposed to be ready in, like, April. Yeah. I shot the joint. It was, I shot it. Supposed to be ready like April, May. Then it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Then it was supposed to be ready for Christmas. Then it was supposed to be ready for the first of the year. But I haven't been focused on speed. You would have been fired a long time ago. I would have had to fire myself. <laughs> because it's like the funnel people and the emails and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I'm being literal. You got to fire yourself. You're holding yourself back. That's the issue. You got to put somebody in place, leave them accountable, give them a deadline, and tell them they need to make it happen. Mm. And would have got done a long time ago. I need to focus on speed, bro. Mm-hmm. Dang, this is good. Building your team out. Because if you build your team out and you leave them accountable for it, then they have to make the deadline. It won't keep dragging. It's only dragging because you're the owner. You're the CEO. So you can drag your own stuff and not be accountable for it. Or you can just get an accountability partner. That's another game changer. And put money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ain't going to lie to yourself. You get your accountability partner every single week, Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time zone. Get on the call. You're going to talk about relationships, your, your relationship, you're going to talk about health, you're going to talk about learning in your business. Those are the four things you're going to talk about. And out of those four things, you need to put a dollar amount on what's what, whatever is the most important. And if that course is that, then you need to put $100, $200, whatever's going to make you move. You need to be accountable. How you be accountable, you got to lose something. That's how you move. Yeah, big facts. Oh, my gosh. All right, so so tell me about the academy yeah. and why you built it. Right, so the reason why I built the academy is because every successful business is solving a problem. And I feel, after having numerous of conversations with people who went to college, College is literally scamming people. It's set up like a scam. We're going to give you information that you don't believe in. (laughs) Because if you believed in it, you have a money-back guarantee. What do you buy without a guarantee? 
Name one thing other than school that you will buy with no guarantee. Mm. I have a product. The product is the school information. If you believe in it, say, yo, this don't work for you, get your money back. Mm. That leave them accountable to making sure that's A1, right? Making sure they put accountability behind the information they teaching. It makes it better that way. You have more success stories. And I think if a professor know the book from the front cover to the back cover, then why he ain't in the Rolls Royce? Why he ain't in the brand new Tesla? Why he ain't like, why he's struggling? If he, if he know everything. So that shows that that information in that book ain't everything. And if millions of people graduate every single year, why it's not millions of more men, uh, more millionaires based on the graduates? I ask in my training, I do a training. Whenever I do my training, I say in my training, do you think college was worth your investment? I would say... 100% of the time, I get like 99% hell no's. <laughs> so what I decided to do was, I decided to do something about it. I'm not a talker. I don't really talk much. And even like people's like, oh, spec, you work in silence or you like, you move in silence. When I don't try to work in silence, mm-hmm. move in silence, it's just like, I just... I'm just straight to it. Like, let's go. So that was a problem. So I wanted to do somebody instead of just talking about it. So I went and created my own, my own business school. So, all right, I created my business school. I preach never reinvent the wheel. Success leave breadcrumbs. That's what it is. So I went to Harvard. So I was like, oh, everybody all, you know, geeked up about this. You went to Harvard? I went to Harvard. You know that? That thing was everywhere. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, I went to Harvard. But I went to Harvard. He was smart, yo. I knew it. Man, this man is crazy. <laughs> I went, so I went to Harvard. Unbelievable, right? That they managed to kind of resuscitate themselves and transform themselves. But they had, they might be a, Sui generis, you know, it's maybe they were just in such an unusual position and had were so deeply rooted in so many parts of the world and had such a deep bench that that was possible. But the rule is you don't get to, it's not going to last longer than a generation or so. Maybe that's maybe part of the answer is that's fine as long as you don't think about. Google, as long as you think about you, right? So um, years ago, I remember doing this. It's the first time I, this was hit home to me. Um, I went to Rochester, and in Rochester, in uh, used to be a high technology hub, right? Kodak, uh, Xerox, Bausch & Lohm. But one of the biggest employers in Rochester high-tech employers in the 1960s 
was uh, General Dynamics, I think General Dynamics, one of the big defense contractors. They employed vast numbers of engineers. And they basically, their business model implodes after the Vietnam War, and they shut down their operations in Rochester and moved away. And everyone said, oh my God, it's over, right? One of the biggest employers in town has folded. And what happened if you went back 10 years later was you discovered that the talent that left, that was kicked out of General Dynamics, went on to start so many startups in Rochester that they sparked a whole second wave that ended up actually being, um, in terms of employment and income brought into the city, greater than the benefit General Dynamics had, had risen. In other words, so Google may f fall one day, probably will, but you won't. You all guys will all, hopefully, many of you will go on and do other incredibly cool things because of what you, in part, what you learned while you were here. So you, you can look at it two ways. There's a pessimistic view, but there's also a view that says, no, it's part of the natural cycle. You probably don't want to be working at Google. Am I, is this horrible to say? <laughs> um, 25 years from now. You know, you... And nor does society want you to be if, if this company doesn't evolve in dramatic. Maybe it will. I mean, I'm just using Google as a stand-in for, let's use another company. Let's say, <laughs> let's say Microsoft. I mean, at this point, would the world be better off if Microsoft disappeared tomorrow? Yeah. How many, how many unbelievably talented people are trapped working on the umpteenth version of Word? Right? Like, that's not a good use of 150 IQ points. Um, so I don't, you know, I would, I'd be, I would be less, um, I'd be more kind of sanguine about this problem than you might be at the moment. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> I can't think of a better note to end on, so. I challenge any grown man, homie, on this internet talking, nigga. Produce, this how you separate the man from the boy. Nigga, get out them corners. Take that camera out that corner and flip around. Let's see how you niggas living, homie. For you to have so much, see, this is what make me such a bad motherfucker. And I, I, yeah, I can pat myself on the back. See, because I can stand on this shit, my nigga. All the shit that I'm saying, I can stand on. I can pull your news articles. Man, I've been doing this. Man, let's come over here and do this. Come, I can do that. They can't, homie. They got to put themselves in front of the camera and talk for drama. I'm talking for change. It's just I got a bunch of niggas bringing a bunch of drama to me. I came to the internet positive. But I got so much hate on the internet, nigga, I'm going to reflect what's before me. I'm going to reflect what's before me, nigga. And you think I'm going to get an internet the real me? They going to keep getting this goddamn character that they tuned in. They'll never get the real me. Or the, the stories that you're picking 
are the most representative of the phenomena that you're trying to describe because uh, you could probably find a story to fit any theory that you want, yeah. one yeah. story. Yeah, um, yeah you can't, I mean, that, so the, there's a whole set of trade-offs here. Um, storytelling, by definition, has one great disadvantage, which is you are representing a single narrative, a single experience. Um, on the other side of the equation, the story has a massive, storytelling has a massive advantage, which is there is no better way to communicate and move people than through story. Um, so you're, what you're look, what I've always tried to do is, the reason I try to balance storytelling and kind of social science research is that I'm trying to find some kind of middle ground. I'm trying to find an observation that is being made in the literature or by academics and to illustrate it by means of a story. So it's, it's rare that the story comes first. It's not that I hear something cool and then hunt for data to fit that. It's the other way around. I look for an idea that's been expressed in academia and I say, well, how will I, uh, how can I make that story uh, resonant? Um, uh, I make that sort of observation resonant. So you, you, you hunt for stories that match this kind of um, uh, idea that you feel has some um, firepower behind it. Um, so there's, but you know, that said, it's a necessarily imperfect process. All my books are massively imperfect. I don't imagine that anyone will ever agree with 100% of the things in my book. I don't even want them to agree with 100% of the things in the book. It's that, that's not what you, what, you, you're not looking for converts, right? You're, you want people to start conversations and um, uh, people, writers who are looking for converts are scary. Um, I think you should, what you're looking for is you, wanna, you want people to engage with the ideas and say, you know, I, I did a, a piece for the New Yorker couple weeks ago about uh, doping in sports. And I happen to be, I'm a big runner, I happen to be I'm a huge fan of track and field. If my favorite runners were found to be using some sort of PEDs, I would be devastated. Nonetheless, my piece is all about, look at it from Lance Armstrong's point of view, right? Or look at it from Alex Rodriguez's point of view. I simply pointed out that the arguments that we use to justify our prohibition on performance-enhancing drugs are really lame. They're insanely lame. And you can't run around you know, condemning people and suing them and putting them in jail, whatever we do, on the basis of insanely lame arguments. So lame argument number one, for example, the one that I cannot get over is, in baseball, you are allowed, if you're a pitcher, to replace your ulnar uh, collateral ligament in your elbow, which is the principal ligament you use when you throw a baseball, to take it out and replace it from, with a tendon taken from another part of your body or from a cadaver, if you so choose. 
this tendon will, bear, will have performance characteristics that are infinitely superior to the ligament that nature gave you. You can swap it out, bring in the bionic ligament, extend your career, be able to throw the ball harder, and what do we do? We think that's fantastic. We embrace 75% of pitchers in the major league have had this procedure done, right? No one bats an eyelash. The guy who pioneered the procedure is considered to be a hero, blah, blah, blah. Alex Rodriguez is a baseball player who decides to take uh, it, uh, uh, testosterone, a naturally, nat he's not taking something from a cadaver, He's taking a naturally occurring hormone approved by the FDA and available through prescription to everyone in this room. And he's decided to take it. And what happens? He's considered to be a massive villain. Lance Armstrong takes his own blood, his own blood, and re-injects himself with his own blood. And he's considered a villain. So wait a minute. On the one hand, people are importing Cadav uh, tendons taken from cadavers, right, which profoundly alter the performance characteristic of the arm they use to pitch. And that's fine. But you can't take your own blood and re-inject yourself with it. And if you do that, you're a cheater. Explain to me why that's, you know, I am perfectly willing to go after Lance Armstrong once someone explains, once someone makes sense of that contradiction. So, there's a case where, do I expect to convince all of you of this argument? No. But if I force, by writing stuff like that, force people to just sit down and actually come up with better arguments for why we hate performance-enhancing drugs, then I will have succeeded, I think. Uh, I guess uh, that gives us a new benefits idea for Google bionic <laughs> ligaments for for our software engineers so they can code faster. <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, you, you talk about how lots of studies in academia never find it to the outside world. Mm -hmm. What can we as society do to improve the chances of that, right? Because there is so much knowledge, and it seems like it would be useful in everyday yeah. life. Um, it's a really interesting question. Um, the, in general, uh, I think we have to understand that the... Remember when we was taught by niggers? What you think niggas used to do when they served white folk? What you think niggas used to do when they served white people, homie, when they was in them kitchens by themselves? And them white folks sitting out there, you think them folk wasn't spitting in their drinks and they food and shit just to get back at them? So I don't trust them people, homie. I see how they treat us. So I'm gonna be, you think I'm gonna be comfortable to go in there and let them people cook behind there and not let me see it? And they so good, homie. They can duplicate anything. They can, they can, they can make a bootleg Gucci. They can make anything. Nigga, they can make a human. They so smart and sharp. So if you think they can't make rat taste like chicken, 
If you think them people can't make rat taste like chicken, human meat taste like pork, they have bought over 80% of America's beef and chicken processing plants. The fuck would they do that for? 